the volume. Soup with Coop is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there is a contest for every fan. FanDuel. More ways to win. My next guest on Soup with Coop is going to be introduced much like I'm introduced every day. This is the brother of Tim, the brother of Nathaniel, and the son of Don Hasselback. Welcome, Matt Hasselback, to Soup with Coop. Does that sound okay, Matt? What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great. I am having a little vegetable soup today, and I know you have a history with soup. You've, uh, you've done a lot of soup ads in your day. Um, tell me about it. I do. You know, before we get to that, I got to just say that introduction, that's not how I introduce you. Okay. So our dads were teammates on the 1984 Minnesota Vikings. Correct. And so people say, oh, I heard you knew Peyton Manning when you grew up. I'm like, yeah, but I really knew Cooper Manning. So on Saturdays with the Minnesota Vikings, it was like uh, the last practice before game day. The kids of the players got to go to Eden Prairie and and basically play touch football in that uh, in the bubble against the equipment guys, the athletic trainers, the, you know, the kickers and punters, Jan Stenerud and those guys. And Bro, I mean, my dad played a long time in the NFL and I was teammates with, uh, I was friends with a lot of his teammates' kids. Cooper Manning was the best athlete I've ever been around, dude. Cooper Manning used to run circles around Peyton Manning, <laughs> myself, my brother Tim, all the equipment guys, Jan Stenerud, Stosh, all those guys. I mean, dude, Cooper, you were, you were like, uh, you were my hero for many, many years, man. Are you free for the next two years? Because I don't want another guest. This is it. It's called Soup with Matt. Screw me. This is all you, baby. You, I mean, this is. I get better every year, Matt, and I think it's thanks to you. I just remember. So I got. I forget what grade that was for me. Fourth grade. I remember feeling like my our next team was the New York Giants, and you know it's a great team. Um, 85, 86. You know it's Lawrence Taylor, Mark Bavaro, Phil McConkey, Carl Banks, all those guys. And I remember being in the locker room with like say Chris Sims, as an example, Phil Sims was the starting quarterback. And I, we used to just sit around talking about things. I just remember being like, yo, remember this name, Cooper Manning, remember this name. So anyway, I just had to share that story with you real quick. Matt, I, I certainly appreciate that. My kids will certainly believe you more than me. I've been telling them how great I was for years and they don't believe a single word. So I can't thank you enough for validating me as a as a good lower school football player it's fantastic <laughs> hey you were dominating some hall of fame you know specialists at the time if i recall but but yeah about the soup man you've got your soup i don't have any soup part part of the reason why is uh my mom and i were fortunate enough to be like a spokespeople for campbell's chunky soup for for a good stretch of time and it was wonderful. It was awesome until the day we got fired. But it was, I think I'm souped out a little bit from all the soup that we would eat during the like week long of filming commercials up in uh, Toronto. It was like, they're like, oh, you can pretend to eat the soup. We know it's like 6 a.m. and you know, you can pretend. I'm like, no, I love this soup. I love the soup. But it, you know, you can have too much of something you like. And so, uh, what does a mother-son combo do to get fired by Campbell's Sue? I'm just well, curious. I'm glad you asked that. So they've got these like uh, focus groups. And basically my mom is like very beautiful, very young. 
Um, you know, she had me young. So she's like a very pretty woman. Well, in their focus, and I, I look, uh, especially, you know, when I had the cul-de-sac going like on the head, you know, when I wasn't really <laughs> sure, should I shave my head? Should I just start losing my hair? Like, what do I do? Their focus group said, well, this is absolutely unbelievable. Like, we don't, we don't believe that this could be true, that this old man could have this young mom. So like, oh. it just wasn't believable that like, that's his mom. It looks maybe like his sister or something like that. So that was one of the reasons that uh, they decided to kind of turn the page and go for uh, a more believable mom-son duo. And uh, I was devastated. My mom was very, um, you know, I think uh, it, she took it as a compliment. Yeah. Probably sure. should have, so, I mean, I think um, some guys can't handle having a hot mom. Um, <laughs> hey, whoa, you know? whoa, watch your mouth, bro. Watch Sorry. Mouth. Sorry. Don would appreciate that, I think. You know, he's got a hot wife. It's great. Seriously, when I was growing up, though, people would be like, yo, bro, uh, you know, how old's your sister? I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't have a sister. Like, well, who's that painting, you know, in the jean shorts? I'm like, dude, it's my mom. Like, back off. So everybody had that friend who had a mom where like you'd go over there by the pool and everybody would just be kind of like, Hey, let's go swimming today. Can we go swimming? <laughs> my, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we didn't have a pool, you know, that was the, the, the NFL years when my dad played, which is like 77 to 85, I guess it is. Uh, you know, the, the, that's kind of the guys still had like a second job in the off season, those, right. those, those kind of years. So, you know, it wasn't like the guys today where, you know, everyone's got a pool and a second house and, a boat, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't, my dad sold cars in the offseason, you know, Royal Oldsmobile, just selling, you know, part of the deal. We drove Oldsmobiles, you know, yep. station wagons. My dad was almost six foot eight, so we didn't fit in a lot of cars. Uh, three boys in the back seat. We needed that third row of seat facing the other way. The way, my way back. Brothers, they probably would like pretend that they got motion sickness so they didn't have to sit in the way back, but uh, no cell phone. You know, we're playing like, bingo on the highway, you know, looking for signs and cars, things that, you know, go alphabet bingo, you know, that kind of stuff. Kids today, they don't even believe it. They're like, uh, yeah, right, dad. That, that, that can't be true. Matt, it's amazing the parallel lives we've lived in some ways with both our dads playing in the NFL, both, you know, having four and three boys, all of us competing, playing, loving sports, um, you know, four out of the six play in the NFL, play quarterback. I mean, it's kind of insane. Nathaniel and I, you know, destined for other things. I, and also, let's talk about the way Nathaniel spells his name. That alone is kind of cool with an A-E-L at the end. Yeah. I like it. Did it throw you for a loop? A little bit. Okay. Well, that's how they spell it in the Bible. So you just outed yourself. You know, you, you need to get in the Bible a little bit more. The, the New Testament there, Coop. Okay. Well, that's right. I'm an Old Testament. I'm a Job guy. I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the show rested development job or like job in the old testament or both i'm a fan of both okay. big fan okay. of both actually <laughs> no nathaniel's awesome so nathaniel um probably was too good of an athlete you know a little bit like you i know you were a wide receiver nathaniel was a wide receiver uh, i was kind of torn like do i go play wide receiver at this school or do i go play defensive back at that school so he ended up ch choosing to go play wide receiver at boston college i think um he probably had some bigger better like uh at the time like nationally ranked schools that were interested in him as a db but he didn't want to play db he wanted to play wide receiver he knew who ranks. so he gets to bc and in no time he's playing corner <laughs> so like it didn't really work out that way so you know i i people say all oh, quarterbacks the toughest 
position to play in all of sports. Not really. I mean, if, if you've got a skill set of a quarterback and you're trying to go play corner and cover a guy like Santana Moss or something like that, you, good luck to you. That's the hardest job in all of sports. So um, it's, it's sort of funny because Nathaniel's probably the best athlete in our family. And yet uh, if he was a quarterback, he'd be the fastest. And if he's playing corner, it's like, well, you're not the fastest. You're one of the slower. So uh, but he's he's the life of the party. And, you know, we love him to death. He's very successful. He's selling real estate out in Seattle. And, um, you know, if you were to ask my kids who the coolest person in our family is, uh, there'd be no hesitation. Uh, Nathaniel would, uh, would win that battle. I kind of like that. I have more in common with Nathaniel every day. It's cool. You know, I definitely, and he's yeah. got his hair, you know, that's the other thing. Me and Tim, no hair, you know, Nathaniel's he, he's still going strong. Hey, I like your belt though. I like your belt. Yeah, this is, yeah, it's kind of, kind of, you know, best aggressive. It's aggressive. It's, uh, you're confident. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't know if you know who Clyde Christensen is. He's the quarterback's coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Oh, I, I love Clyde Christensen. Yeah, One of my favorite and- people. And um, small, just I want to hear your story. But we, were, we went out to uh, Denver a couple weeks ago and with, with my son and through, and Clyde ran, ran the workouts. And uh, one, of the, one of the best guys I've ever been around. It was Arch, loved him. Yeah, I actually heard about that workout. I heard great things about Arch, uh, amazing things, actually. And the reason I had heard about it is maybe maybe a month before, my son, who is just, just turned 16, he, uh, he did like a couple of days of working out with Clyde Christensen down in Tampa. And, uh, and so it was just great. It was like we had this amazing experience. I, I appreciated somebody else. Uh, getting put through those individual drills that Clyde put me through when when uh, when he was my coach. But uh, one of the funny things that happened is I had bought him a actually I'm wearing a shirt, a Travis Matthew shirt, a golf shirt. I had bought him a Travis Matthew golf shirt. And, you know, it's it's maybe a younger brand than he's used to wear. And it's like, you know, kind of like uh, slimming maybe. And he was like, wow, I don't know. Like, you think I can pull this off? I'm like, oh, I, I think it looks great on you. And so he tries it on. He's like, hey, I like it a lot, you know. And then he goes to the Travis Matthews store, golf store there in Tampa. Before he goes to play golf, I think Peyton had sent him up at Augusta. Well, anyway, the, the, the moral of the story is, he decides to get aggressive like you. And he goes with a white leather belt. Ooh. And he's like that morning, he's like, Hey, you think I can pull this belt off? And I'm like, yeah, I do actually, you know, <laughs> like very few people who are grandfathers are pulling off white belts on the golf course. So yeah. Um, anyway, strong, strong belt game, Cooper Manning, strong belt game. Uh, Clyde Christensen obviously was Peyton's coach for many years, uh, position coach in Indy. Uh, Coach Andrew Luck, he's got quite a resume. To obviously, now Tom Brady. So, no, I, yeah, it's Clyde is uh, he's forgotten more than most people know. It's it's neat to have those kind of savvy veterans yell at your children as opposed to you. So it's good. I'm glad you're. We need to get those boys together. That'd be fun. They'd uh, okay. Be a good. Uh, from yeah. what I hear, Arch is a is a strong, strong kid. Like what we got, like height and weight. What are we talking here? He he likes it. That's the best thing. It's just he, you know, I don't have to, you know. Hey, you want to get off the couch and go throw? And he's like, he's he doesn't. What's what's his like? What are his measurables? Like, how tall is he? What's he weigh? Yeah, he's gotten. He's had a little growth spurt. He's 
six four, like two, right at two ten. Okay. Yeah. Is he like squat bench? Is he fast? He does, he does all that. He runs well. He's he's athletic kid. He can really jump and run and just always been kind of athletic. And so, uh, um, I'm, I'm glad he plays quarterback because he probably would be put somewhere else maybe. Yeah. You know, long ago, and it was fun. I think flag football was the greatest thing these boys did early on because they had friends who everybody wants to be the quarterback but when you're catching a bunch of touchdowns being a receiver is pretty good you spread them out and throw it and they just we always had you know guys just love to catch hey i caught three touchdowns today and so they develop and want to be you know a tight end or a running back and so he got to play quarterback a lot and throw to all his buddies and and that was uh you know, we didn't have, did you play flag football? We didn't have flag football. I didn't have flag football. My girls played flag football. So when we moved to uh, Indianapolis to play for the Colts, they were doing like AAU basketball and travel soccer and that kind of stuff. And there was a player there named Roosevelt Colvin used to play for the Patriots, Purdue guy. And uh, he was like, Hey, I got a, I got an all girls team in this flag football league. I run, you want, you guys went in. And he puts us on this flag football team with these like really impressive girls who are good at basketball, good at track and field. And uh, they, they had a great team. I don't want to say they won their league against the boys, but but they won their league against the boys. I mean, it was like it was a talented, talented group. And my girls just I think they developed so much confidence and athleticism. You know, obviously they're fans of football, but like playing that at kind of a highish level um was super helpful for them and their sports that they played after that in high school so my son kind of missed out on the flag thing because there is a lot of pressure to uh you know do other things or like tackle football but uh that was more probably a product of the fact that i was still playing but uh but yeah i I would agree with that i just what we had was basically what you and i did in that bubble in minnesota was just like two on two you know one hand touch two hand touch and we didn't have flags or anything like that. We just we just did it. Matt, so I was talking to my dad. I told, mentioned to my dad that you and I were going to be speaking. He said, Coop, I remember vividly a Monday night after – this is in Minnesota, 1984. It's a Monday night. We have the Hasselback family over. That Sunday, the Chicago Bears had set the record for the most sacks <laughs> all on him. I think they sacked him 11 times that day. That was the – that was the, you know – that 85 defense just, you know, in, in warm up for the Super Bowl. They didn't win the Super Bowl that year. And so, uh, and then my dad loves ribs. And there's a place in Memphis, Tennessee called the Rendezvous. And the Rendezvous owners sent a bunch of ribs up there. And, you know, your parents came over and the boys were playing. And that was kind of the, uh, the, uh, the genesis of, of a, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of football players packed into one house right there eating ribs in Minnesota on a Monday night uh, with a sore, two sore dads who are older and beat up. So, uh, well, it is funny, right? Because like, you know, I think the Minnesota Vikings that year were like three and 13 or something bad, not very good, but, uh, I think there were a lot of lessons learned, at least for me, I can see for me personally, I don't know how you feel about it. I feel like, you know, cause we had just been with the LA Raiders the year before that and won the super bowl. That was, uh, you know, that the Washington versus the LA Raiders Super Bowl, Marcus Allen reversing field, like this, all these Hall of Famers on that team from, you know, Marcus Allen and Howie Long and Lyle Alzado, Cliff Branch, Ted Hendricks. I mean, it was just like an impressive group. And you would think that that was probably the year, one of the years that was most impactful. But I mean, I would, I would put that one year we had in Minnesota, three and 13, I think they were three and 13. Um, 
as a year that I just feel like I learned a lot, um, you know, and I don't know, it's in these little, these little moments, kind of like you're talking about ribs at the Manning house, like the Hasselbecks and the Mannings having ribs after what seems like a disaster of a football week or month or year. And, uh, you know, here we are, what is it? 30 years, 40 years later, and we're still remembering it. So, um, yeah, it's football is a funny thing where sometimes you learn the better lessons, uh, kind of in the, in the tough times than you do in when the times are good. And I, I remember when dad told us we were moving to Minnesota, first question, I was, I was going to be in fifth grade. I said, can we play tackle football? Cause he never let us play tackle football until sixth grade. That was kind of the, the rule because that's when school started. And he called up there and said, yeah, they actually, they start football in fifth grade. I was like, let's go to Minnesota. So he kind of bent the rules. We moved to Minnetonka and I played, you know, quarterback in the fifth grade team at Tanglin elementary in, in Minnetonka. And, uh, it was the greatest. I remember that year, like it was yesterday and have great remember all my friends. It was one year. I mean, we came in for a fall and then shoot, we were, you know, Thanksgiving happened and then we go back to new Orleans and it's like frozen in time. Um, it's kind of an interesting life of, you know, being a football kid and on the road and you remember these little yeah. fragments of your childhood. Well, no wonder you were better than us. You were already playing, you know, organized yeah. football. We were just still <laughs> elementary kids. I can't believe I revealed my, my little. Well, you know, it's funny too, because like that was the year the, the, the Olympics were in, it was 1984. The Olympics were in LA and we had just, like I said, won the Super Bowl in LA. We were, uh, you know, uh, football players, like I said, you have jobs in the off season. So we were back in Boston. My dad got started with the new England Patriots. So we were there in the off season and then we're getting ready to go back to LA for the football season. It's like during training camp and the Olympics are there. We're all excited. It's Carl Lewis and Mary Lou Retton. It's like, you know, all this pride for USA. And then my dad gets uh, injured and gets claimed on waivers to the Minnesota Vikings. Not a great team. Uh, a lot of transition there. And and essentially, like, we thought it was the worst thing ever. Like, no, we want to go back to the Raiders. Like, we don't want to go to Minnesota. And, again, looking back, it was just like this is a really fruitful season that we had of, um, you know, being on a 3-13 and team that was, uh, it was just a really great experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sport, I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. I've done a lot of that in the finals. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook, you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called Same Game Parlay Bet. I think it's their best feature. Same Game Parlay Bet, only at FanDuel. Same Game Parlay is just one of the reasons I bet with FanDuel. It's easy to use, it's easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. It's live betting. My friends use it, okay? They love the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's America's number one sportsbook, by the way. Fast withdrawals. If you win, the payout in less than 24 hours. The odds get boosted and they're special. So every day, you're gonna get some big boost each weekend around the biggest local and national matchups. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today, create a same game parlay, promo code SOUP. New users get their first bet free up to a thousand bucks. FanDuel refunds you up to a thousand back in site credit if you don't win. 
The promo code again is SOUP, so they know we sent you at the volume. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, or New Jersey. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required, 150 max bonus. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, and 1-800-GAMBLER in Jersey. Matt, you had a, uh, so much to talk about here. A couple of highlights. Obviously, you go to Boston College, six-round pick. You're a backup with Far for a couple of years. And, you know, anytime you, get a, anytime you get a chance to talk about Brett Favre and what he was like to be, you know, to know early on in his career, early on in your career, any, any, uh, any stories pop up out of the gates with Brett? Yeah, well, like a similar thing. When I was at Boston College, I went there to play for Tom Coughlin. Tom Coughlin, I said, Coach, you're going to be here for you know my entire time at BC. There's rumors you're going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants. Like, uh, I want to know that you're not leaving for New York. He's like, hey, listen, I, I promise you, I will not leave here for the Giants job. And I said, okay, great. Uh, coming to BC. Well, after my first year, he goes and he's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I probably should have been way more specific in my question to Tom Coughlin. So, but, but really what happened is I had all these different coaches uh, in my five years at BC. One of my coaches was this guy, Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter, great coach. He was my coach, uh, my position coach for, for a stretch and then left. And, uh, I had three different head coaches. I had probably five different position coaches. Well, when it came time for me to get invited to the combine and do that kind of stuff, I didn't get invited to the combine. So um, it, I was disappointed. So I'm going to have a pro day. Well, only one coach even shows up for my pro day. It's the quarterback coach for the Green Bay Packers, this guy named Andy Reid. And the only reason that he showed up for my pro day is that he happened to be talking to this guy, Dirk Cutter, that he coached with at Missouri. And he said, hey, uh, you know, how's it going? What are you doing? I'm getting ready for the quarterbacks that in the draft, who you got on your list? Uh, I got, you know, a long list of guys. I don't know. He's, hey, check out this kid Hasselbeck at Boston College. And so he tells him that I'm nowhere near the top of this list. I'm probably at the bottom of the list. Andy Reid watches the film. He's the only guy that comes to my pro day. And so, you know, when he comes to my pro day, there's snow on the ground. At the time, Boston College didn't have an indoor facility. He says to me, he's like, hey, listen, you want to go outside and throw in the snow? And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. I've been, I've been training. And he's like, all right, that was a test. I'm not going out in that snow. It's a blizzard out there. I just need to know that you'd be willing to go out there and throw in the snow. So we end up just talking football for a short amount of time uh, before he goes back to Green Bay. And a lot of the stuff is he t- he's telling me is stuff about their quarterback, this guy named Brett Favre, who just was in his second consecutive Super Bowl, his third consecutive MVP. And what I really heard from him was leadership. Like this guy is a leader, like the intangibles. People talk about quarterback intangibles all the time. And really that was the advice that Andy Reid gave me. When you get to Green Bay, if you get to Green Bay, if we draft you, you don't learn from this guy's mechanics, maybe his decision-making, learn, learn the things that people call intangibles, how he knows the name, first and last name of every person in the building from upstairs in management to people who are clocking in an hourly wage, like the way he treats people, the way he motivates the huddle uh, without them even really knowing that he's motivating them, the way he intimidates the opponent without saying a word. And then like the biggest thing that I realized when I got there Number one, Brett was incredibly humble. 
remember the first day I meet him, he's like, he's like, Hey, how you doing? My name is Brett. I was like, uh, yeah, I just took down the poster of you that I had in my room all through high school. Cause I knew I was going to be your teammate, but he was very humble. But then the biggest thing, and I learned this probably, probably most clear from Mike Holmgren that playing the quarterback position, it's an art. It's not a science. You're an artist. You're, you're not a blacksmith. You're not a mathematician. You're not, it is an art and you paint your canvas and nobody was better at that, in my opinion, than Brett Favre. Brett Favre would sometimes do what he was, what you would expect him to do. And then other times he would do what you wouldn't expect him to do. And that made him very, very difficult to defend. And, uh, you know, really for three years, I was there as a backup and they were paying me to be there. And I felt like I should have been paying them. I felt like it was like the Harvard Business School of young quarterbacks, uh, four young quarterbacks. And uh, just feel very, very grateful that I was given the opportunity, you know, again, thanks to Andy Reid and thanks to this, you know, sort of bumpy college experience with coaching turnover in the end ended up helping me out a great bit. Well, it sure did. I mean, Matt, you made three Pro Bowls, you, you led the Seahawks to the playoffs six times, you went to a Super Bowl, you were a mentor, and, you know, roles reverse. You know, you, you become that mentor type of backup to a young superstar in Andrew Luck. Uh, I mean, you, you've lived a long, you know, dog years in football terms, and it's been, uh, it's been fun watching you progress and watching you now on TV. Um, impressive career, really impressive one thing that when I'm looking around, I'm kind of digging for stuff on you that I found even more impressive is that you were struck by lightning. Just once, though. Just once. See, it, there was there was chatter that it, it might have been twice. I have and heard I that it was twice also. I, I think that's on the Internet. You can believe very little of what you read on the Internet. I don't remember being struck twice. I feel like I would remember that. But I know for sure that uh, I was struck once. And um, it's kind of a wild story. So my wife and I, my girlfriend and I, I'm in college. My girlfriend and I get invited to a wedding. I get invited to a wedding. This girl I grew up with is marrying this hockey player. And um, I don't know him, but I know her. We go to the wedding. Anyway, basically beautiful day. And then all of a sudden it's not. And a lightning bolt comes down and strikes this well, kind of like a water well right near where we're sitting. And 16 of us get zapped. I mean, we get electrocuted. Okay. Like it's, it's kind of the way I would describe it is it's like getting a like an electric shock, but like a billion times more powerful than anything you've ever felt before. And, um, you know, it was a wild experience, right? And ever, thankfully no one was seriously hurt. Uh, my girlfriend spent the night in the hospital just as a precaution. Uh, I was able to not stay, I didn't have to stay in the hospital, but it was definitely an, like it affected you. Well, flash forward to this year, um, my daughter is a freshman at Boston College, a lacrosse player. Yeah. A girl on her floor across the hall uh, is a softball player. Okay. And her parents, uh, it was their wedding where we got struck by lightning. <laughs> so like the kids didn't really know each other. Obviously the parents know each other. Like who would have thought in 1996 when we get struck by lightning <laughs> that these kids would end up being good friends and going to school together, athletes at the same school and uh, kind of wild. And, and actually the, the wedding that it was, um, it was, the head coach of the Washington Capitals, Peter Laviolette, he, it was his wedding. So he married this girl that I grew up with. Um, and 
yeah, so it's just kind of crazy all the way around. Obviously, getting struck by lightning is a big thing, but uh, and and of course, in my very like first one of my first road games that next season in college, we're playing at Michigan, and what what do you know? Like right around halftime, we have what a lightning delay. I mean, it was just like I mean, it was it was a mental grind to be like, all right, I know the chances of getting struck again are like super slim, but you know, it's, it's there. Once you get struck, like you're, you're, you're not as confident that it's not your turn to get hit again. Cause I, you know, I play golf a lot and sometimes you're playing and you know, you're out there for two holes and then you get you know, the, the horn you know, buzzes and you're like, I want to hit a play a few more holes. I'm out of here. And people you have some people going, no, 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 I'm, I'm done. You know, you have some people who are pretty hardcore golfers just put everything up and I'm always out. Did you hit the ground when it, when it hit, did it hit you? Do you, I mean, you out and like, no, a guy at my table was out like that. A guy at my table was out. Like he was down, uh, ambulance came. I want to say they cut his suit off of him. Like to, I, I don't know, it was kind of a blur. No, mine, mine was interesting. Like I felt it come up through my toes to like up to my knees. I was sitting and then back out my toes. Uh, you know, it was like, it, it, I, I didn't have shoes or socks on at the time. I, like I mentioned, like the weather got bad. It was raining, it was wet. It was like an outdoor wedding, uh, a tent. Um, and it was just like, it was a wedding. We're just gonna have a good time. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna be on the dance floor. Like, it's all good, like whatever. So the, the lightning strikes and it comes in your body and out your body and it hurts for the moment, but there's no like residual pain after, if, if that makes any sense. Right. Like, you know, like if you hit your thumb with a hammer, like it hurts obviously when it happens and then it hurts for hours after that. That's not really what lightning was like for me. So um, no, it, but there was a guy that was out. I mean, it was, you know, like I said, I heard that he returned to the wedding reception though. So uh, I did not return to the wedding reception. It was, uh, I was kind of hoping that I would have one of these like experiences where my hair started growing back or something like that. That yeah. also did not happen, but. Uh, I'm looking and maybe I think I see a few, you know, well, well, I hope I hope after this interview, there's not a lot of residual pain. I can't thank you enough for being, you know, sharing some almost suit with me. You're my first guest to actually say I'm souped out. I can't even go. <laughs> you have you have water bottles. Do you ever put a little? What do you? How many how many of those water bottles do you drink? I, a day? I go with one and a half of these. This is 128 ounces of water. Uh, it says roughly. I'm not sure how accurate this is, but. Yeah. Hydration is, uh, I don't know. Like I, I read a thing where TB12, you know, Tom Brady was like, Oh, my number one thing is hydration. And I thought, well, shoot, when I was playing, you know, I played till I was 40. Like I was really good at hydration. Now that I'm done playing, I think I'm really bad at hydration. You know, I, I drink more coffee than I drink water. And when I was playing in the NFL, I'd sit in meetings all the time, run game installation, blitz meeting, pass game installation, like all these meetings. And just to pass the time, I would just drink, fluids. I would drink water. I was like really good about that. And so I think I'm, I'm five years out now. And so like, I feel, feel like, you know, okay, I need to make some like healthier choices and uh, hydration is one of the choices I'm trying to make. Are you drinking a lot of alcohol now that you retired? To be honest, a little bit more than I should be. I don't know if that's pandemic related, but uh, yeah, it was like, you know, that when the pandemic started, it was like flatten the curve, flatten the curve. I'm like, cool. Two weeks, I can flatten the curve. <laughs> caffeine in the morning, alcohol at night. And, uh, you know, we, we, we hit a lot of our favorite shows with our kids. Like the, we, you know, I think we went through the entire 24 series with like Jack Bauer that they had never seen. Um, you know, we did a, like a lot of that kind of stuff. And so I don't think I'm really necessarily giving anything up. I'm just sort of adding in some tougher workouts, adding in hydration, 
my next thing, I'm going to start stretching before and after workouts. That that's a, that's the next thing on my plate. We'll, we'll see how that goes though. Well, next time we'll, um, we'll do stretching with Matt on podcast. I can't wait to see. (laughs) Not very flexible though. You know, like, uh, you know, in my NFL career is funny. Like all the guys that were really flexible were the guys always pulling muscles and yeah. this fullback named Max Strong from Georgia that was just like this amazing, most underrated player I've probably ever been around. And he was the least flexible guy on the team, like literally could not <laughs> touch his toes. And I would look around and I'd be like, well, shoot, he's never hurt. He's never in the training room. He's he's always out in the field. He's this great player. I'm going to stretch less because I, I want to be more like Max Strong than I want to be like, you know, all the guys that are, you know, have a little nicks and bruises and uh I, it's the stupidest thing i've ever done maybe but 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 it i mean it worked i played a long time i've had one surgery in my entire life so you know who knows but uh flexibility is not a strength for me at all but there's there's a lot of room for improvement so so there's there's upside there i didn't read that chapter in tb12 stretch less <laughs> <laughs> no, like i said i just i saw an interview you know <laughs> Matt, I can't thank you enough. As normally, we grate out our soup. We take a sip and say, oh boy, this was well, I prepared. What do you got there? It looks like you got vegetable soup. I'll tell you my go-to soup right now, though, is uh, tomato soup from Panera. Okay, so my wife and I love Panera, like order on the app, you know, it's like less than 10 minutes, Panera is ready, we'll get a sandwich and a soup, and our, our go-to is this, this tomato soup, it comes with a very nice French baguette, which is amazing, and usually oui, my wife oui. doesn't want hers, so I get mine, and it comes with croutons, I usually don't do the croutons, because the French baguette is so good, and the soup is so good that you actually, I actually take my smokehouse barbecue with onions sandwich and I'll dip it in the tomato soup. It's amazing. I mean, it's really good. I'm not sure if it's really that good for me, but because it tastes too good to be good for me, but it's, uh, it's kind of my go-to if I'm, if I'm having soup. I like to have two bowls of soup. So I'm headed to Panera right now. I got my order in. Matt, enjoyed it, my friend. Can't thank you enough. Always fun. Good to see you again, Coop.